You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey, good morning, everyone. Great to be here, and thank you so much for that. Thank you, Stephen Bex, for sharing and celebrating with us 38 years. I'm not sure that that's got any real spiritual significance or anything like that. Is it 40 years? Well, 40 years... uh, that's trials and testing, isn't it? So um, another two years and it'll just go smooth as anything, okay? That's the, the, the trials and the testing is almost over. So uh, it's really great. So it's really exciting uh, what God has done over the 38 years and we're away a lot uh, uh, preaching elsewhere these days, but for us, Botany Campus uh, will always be home and uh, when you birth something that has a, a very special passion about it, doesn't it? And uh, What's birthed out of uh, struggle and sacrifice is always special. And uh, last year I put together a bit of the history of the church and uh, just mainly focusing on Botany Campus and just so God's goodness to us over the past 38 years hasn't been lost. And uh, so it's not uh, in a book form for print, but if you want a copy of that, um, I think, uh, is it going up? You got the email? I put it on my notes, but it may not have gone up. Uh, It should be luke at elam.org.nz. And if you contact me on that, I can send you a copy of that. We've been doing a series uh, on In the Beginning, and the New Testament teaches us that the stories that are written in the Old Testament were written for us as examples for us to learn from. And uh, and one of the characters that I've really learned a lot from and been blessed by has been Abraham, and his life stories are amazing, and I've learned a lot about faith and how to live by faith and walk in faith uh, from Abraham. It didn't always go right for him, uh, usually because of his own foolishness. He didn't see everything that God had promised, uh, but he held on to his faith. He grew strong in his faith, and God mightily blessed him uh, because of that. And so the Apostle Paul, he writes this amazing statement about Abraham. He says in Romans chapter 4, verse 16, it says, For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Not Noah. Noah was before Abraham. Uh, Noah was an amazing man that uh, saved his family, started a whole new uh, generation of of life in the world, uh, built that amazing ark. Uh, You would think that he would be the father of faith. He's before Abraham. But no, Abraham is the father of all who believe. And the verse that dominated my early ministry was the verse that that God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 13 and verse uh, 14 and 15. And it said, And the Lord said to Abraham after Lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are, to the north and the south, to the east and the west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring or your seed forever. And uh, this verse, it was like a promise to me uh, when we were starting the church. And I I can still remember the feeling of leaving the security of my previous church. And we had like a building and staff and and salary and and, uh, to step out and to start something new with no guarantees of anything. Uh, we had four children at the time. April, our youngest, had uh, just turned uh, one the same week as which uh, we started the church. And uh, so it was like a really scary step. And I needed something to build my faith. And my office was in my garage. And uh, I had a map of Hawk and Pakaranga up on the wall above so I could sit and look at it uh, at my desk. And I wrote this verse uh, underneath it. Uh, it was like a prophetic uh, word to us uh, Uh, over this new church that we were starting and in my limited understanding I thought this verse uh, 
meant this community here in East Auckland and uh, all the land that you could see. Uh, that was all my eyes could see. Uh, I was happy with that. Uh, I thought there's 60,000 people that live in Hawak and Pakaranga and uh, there's another 40,000 that were going through here through the East Tamaki Corridor out to Manukau City. Uh, that's 100,000 people. I thought that's enough people. That will keep me busy for the rest of my life. You know, how many know that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts? And aren't you happy that God is not limited to our understanding? And so today God has done exceedingly beyond anything uh, that I could understand or imagine way back then, 38 years ago. And so Abraham carried this promise from God for his life and he left Ur and uh, now he's uh, living in a tent. He must have wondered why he left the security of Ur. Ur was at that time a very sophisticated city and so he left the city and now he's out uh, uh, wandering around in the countryside uh, living in a tent and uh, when God came to Abraham and said, I'm going to give you land, you kind of think, what a relief that must have been for him. I've left the security of the city, and, and now I'm going to get some land, and, and there'll be land for me, there'll be land for the family that I hope to have, and there'll be a family for the generations that will follow me. And, uh, and, and, but God was thinking differently than what Abraham was. God was thinking generations. God is a God of generations. When he described himself, he said, I am the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. God is a generational uh, God. His planning, his thinking is generations. And so then 13 years later, we find that God appears again to Abraham. He says in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1, he said, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I've made you a father of many nations and I'll make you very fruitful and I'll make nations of you and kings will come from you and I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. What an amazing promise. This is the first voice that Abraham heard from God after 13 years of silence. Sometimes it's not so much the times that God speaks to us that we need faith. It is the times that God doesn't speak to us. It is just silence. There is nothing. How many have found that out? When God speaks, like, I'm good to go. If I know what God is saying to me, I'm good to go. I'll run with that, and uh, I'm good to go. But when God says nothing at all, maybe all you're hanging on to is just like a promise. Uh, maybe, maybe you've got this prophetic word, or maybe you've got a scripture that's been given to you at some point, and, and you're hanging on to that. But apart from that, the heavens are like a just silent. It's nothing. It's like God is dead. It's like, God, where are you? I haven't heard from you for ages. What's happening? Have you ever felt like that? I'm sure you've felt like that from time to time. What happens in times like this? The first thing I want to suggest to you is that God brings us to an end of ourselves. Think about how much has happened in that 13 years since God last spoke to Abraham. Think how much life had changed in those 13 years. 13 years, God said nothing at all, but he saw everything. We find he's looking at Abraham, 
letting him walk 13 years, stumbling along in his own strength, trying to accomplish the purposes of God, making one mistake after another, and God said nothing. They'd taken in Hagar, they'd birthed Ishmael, they're trying to bring about the promises of God in their own strength, and failure after failure after failure, and God saw it all. You may not see God in these times of silence, but he sees you. And God interrupts this 13 years of silence between him and Abraham after Abraham had tried everything to bring about the promises in his own strength. I can remember sensing this call of God over my life to, to be a pastor, and I had this prophetic word that I would shepherd thousands. And I had my own business, which I had to close because one of uh, my biggest customers went broke and, and then we packed up our two children that we had at that stage. And following this call of God, we went to Bible college, uh, living in a caravan because there was no family accommodation. Uh, Marilyn loved that. Uh, there were two preschoolers with an awning and a dirt floor, and that was just great. And uh, it was better than Abraham's tent anyway, but it, <laughs> After Bible college, no door opened for ministry. But I was feeling this call of God to, to, to go from into ministry so strongly. If someone had said to me, there's a church in Timbuktu with 20 people looking for a pastor, I would have loaded the family in the car and taken them down to Timbuktu. You know, I was just sort of so strong, this, this call of God. But nothing opened, no door opened. And so I just went back to working for myself and then we went and lived up in Vanuatu for uh, 18 months and finally came back and I just built swimming pools for a friend and uh, still feeling that I had this call of God uh, for ministry. And uh, I'd always had problems with my ears and, and uh, swimming in the tropics just made them really worse and really affected my hearing and both drums were perforated and uh, then I had a big lump come up on the side of my face which I thought was a tumour on the product gland and and uh, so that had uh, to jump the queue for surgery uh, because that could be fatal. And so uh, when they cut me down here, and fortunately it wasn't uh, a tumor, but when they cut down here and took it out, they put sterilizing solution down and uh, went through the holes in my ear, the hole in my ear there, took away my hearing. And so I had no hearing in my left ear and only about half the hearing in my right ear, still the same uh, today. And I thought, that's it. I can never be a pastor. I can't hear very well and after years of, of hoping and preparing I, I gave up the dream I thought well that's it I can't do it now after about two months the elders of the church that we were attending uh, asked me to become the church pastor seven years had passed since that initial prophetic call we pastored there for two and a half years and the church just grew like crazy during that time and then we started this church and again uh, God has blessed us to what we have today. When we come to the end of ourselves, then God can finally work. The Lord appeared to Abraham after 13 years and says, I am God Almighty. Verse 3 says that Abraham fell on his face and God began to speak to him as only God can speak. And uh, he says, Your name shall no longer be called Abram, but Abraham. This is not a suggestion, this is not a request, this is a command. After 13 years of trying to make it happen by yourself, God says, now it's my turn. See, there are some truths that God can't reveal to you in earlier times because you haven't been through enough stuff 
for, uh, it for, to prepare you for what it is that God wants you to carry, for what God wants you to do. You have to go through some failures. Why? To destroy the idols that we make of our own ideas and to bring those ideas to their knees. And then we come to the place where God can work. See, when your opinions have come to an end, when your ideas have come to an end and total failure, then finally you realize that you're not as smart as what you thought you were, you're not as bright as what you thought you were, you're not as good as what you thought you were. Finally, you come to the end of your own rope and give up, and then God can work. 13 years of silence. And then God appears of all the patience of an eternal being, unmoved by time. God can wait it out. If you think that you're tough, if you think that you're stubborn, God says, I've got more time than what you've got. He says, I can, he can afford to wait. He is eternal. Uh, he can let us squirm and struggle in our own strength, and then he can speak. And he speaks because he's the ancient of days. He's the beginning and the end. He is almighty God. I can imagine Abraham thinking, why didn't you do it when I was younger? You know, why didn't you do it when I settled in a home? When, why didn't you do it maybe speak when I was 20 or 30 or 50 or, you know, maybe, but 99 years old, <laughs> like that is impossible. I know the feeling, like I was 38 when we started this church. That was half my life ago. <laughs> okay, so I was 38 when we started this church. And like some of our pastors are only around that age now. They've had years of ministry experience. I think, God, why didn't you start earlier? How much more we could have done if you had started earlier, you know? God says to Abraham, I'm going to do it because I am God Almighty. 99 years is nothing to me. He says, now I'm going to bless you. You weren't ready earlier. I had to take you through the process to get to the promise. And now you're ready to receive at a level that you were not ready to receive before. Do you know that God can do more in a moment than what we can do in a lifetime in our own strength? He is God Almighty. You see, you'll find in life that there is not just a calling from God, but there is also a timing. The Bible says that an inheritance hastily gained is easily lost. See, if you gain it too quickly, sometimes you don't value it the same as if you have to go through some stuff. And so God, when, we, when he was ready, he calls us out who we really are. He says, you're no longer Abram, but you're now Abraham. It's a destiny change. When God's ready to bless you and make everything line up in order because he is almighty God. Now just when you've given up, just when you think the situation looks helpless, he says, now I'm going to bless you. Just when it looks impossible, he says, now I'm going to show you what I've called you to be. God brings us to an end of ourselves. Second thing I want to suggest is God is not restricted by circumstances. God had to capture Abraham's imagination uh, before he became a man of faith. And so in Genesis chapter 17, God says to Abraham, he says, a father of many nations, I have made you. As far as God was concerned, it was an accomplished fact. It had already happened. I have made you. And then in chapter 22, God uses two examples to Abraham. He says, the sands of the sea. He said, go down to the beach and try and count the sand of the sea. Then you see the stars in the sky. Go out at night time and try and count the stars at night time. See if you can do that. Abraham looks out and he says, wow, hundreds, thousands. Where are they? He didn't have any children. 
He said, where are they? Abraham and Sarah, he was nearly 100, she was over 90, but God was giving to him vision just to enable him to believe. And God saw the stars and he would walk out at night time and, 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 and as he looked at them, he found that what was impossible began to change his life. At night he'd walk out into the desert and he'd see the clear sky and he'd see the moon up there. He'd think, I think I might call that one Isaac. And that one over there, I might call that Jacob. And, and, and that one there, Joseph, I might call that one Joseph. And at night time he'd walk out and, and, and he'd look up to the, the stars and he was no longer alone. He would be talking to his family, say, hi boys, how are you doing? God is going to do a great nation through you. You're going to be a blessing to generations. And he, he, he lived in the promises of God. And, and as he lived in the promises of God, he found he began to change. Abraham and Sarah were like a couple of wrinkled up old dry prunes living in the desert sun for a hundred odd years and, and now they began to, began to look younger. And King Abimelech came along and saw Sarah and, and wanted Sarah in his harem. Not many blokes want a 90 year old in their harem. <laughs> and Sarah was past childbearing and God's seed hits the dead thing and brings her back to life and God calls this, this old man, he says, you're a father of nations. It sounded crazy. When God called me to preach, it sounded crazy. I was one of the most introverted people you could find. Our, the best man at our wedding was uh, John Hawksby. John Hawksby went on to become a t uh, radio and TV announcer, and John had the gift of the gab. If anyone was going to be a preacher, it was going to be John, uh, but not me. Marilyn's mother used to say about me, that boy drives me crazy. You know, He's just so quiet, he drives me crazy. God takes the foolish things of this world. That's how you know it's God. When he calls you to do something that is beyond your human ability, he asks you to do something that you cannot do without him. He asks you to do something that doesn't fit in with your circumstances or your situation. Maybe your body, but it's going to be his seed. It may be your mouth, but it's going to be his voice. It may be your hand, but it's going to be his strength. It may be your mind, but it's going to be his intelligence because the battle belongs to the Lord. And his destiny can... Hit what looks impossible and birth it into life. Circumstances mean nothing against the word of God. And in God, third thing is that God wants the seed in you. The word seed is mentioned 56 times in the book of Genesis. Now after 13 years of silence, God didn't just come to talk to Abraham. He came to talk about what was in him. There were nations in him. See, the fight is always is what's in you. The fight is not where you are now. The, the, the fight is where you are going. See, the fight is over what's next. The fight is over the unborn potential that is within you. God says to Abraham, I'm not just talking to you about one child. I'm talking to you about nations. I'm coming to talk to you about generations, the nations which are going to come out of your body. I thought God was talking to me about one church of a thousand people and one school of 300 people you know that was that was my vision that's what I thought God was talking to me about not multiple campuses and multiple schools which we have now next year we will become the largest provider of evangelical education in New Zealand that's God it's amazing see maybe you're talking to God about next week's pay he's talking to you about 20 years down the road 
you're talking to God about how to get through next month. God's talking to you about influencing generations. He allows you to have a struggle because there are some things that can only be produced in the struggle which are not produced in a good time. Today, there are nations inside of you. There are churches inside of you. There, there are businesses inside of you. You know, musicians, there are songs inside of you. Educators, there are schools inside of you. You know, parents, there are great-great-grandchildren inside of you. You're not just living for today. I wonder what God has got planned for this church over the next 20 and 40 years. The fourth thing I want to suggest is this, that God calls you to influence generations. God says, I didn't come here to talk to you about what house to live in or what clothes to wear or what food to eat. You know, don't reduce God down to every little decision uh, in your life. He's given you a brain to sort some of that stuff out for yourself. Use your common sense. He's talking about generations. He's talking about nations. He said to Abraham, I'm going to give you a seed even though your body is old, even though your circumstances are not good. The conditions are adverse for what the prophecy says. And that's how you're going, to, you're going to know it's me. The Bible says that when Abraham's seed, which was really God's seed, hit Sarah's womb, it quickened it, brought her back to life again, went down 42 generations to Mary and still continues to give life today. Abraham's seed of faith is inside of us. We're called to be people of faith that will father nations. We have an exciting future church. We have outstanding leaders like Stephen Beck's, we have amazing elders that work behind the scenes that probably you, many of you wouldn't even know who they are but do an amazing work for us behind the scenes. I look at what God is doing through our multiple congregations. I look at the leaders that we're training up through the nation, through our leadership training college. I look at the hundreds and thousands of children that are passing through our schools. I look at the nations of the world that we're involved in missions. God is blessing nations and generations through this ministry. We're not just building for today. There is a seed inside of you that is eternal. When God first called Abraham, he spoke this promise over his life. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. He says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. If you're a child of God today, then Abraham's seed of faith is inside of you to bless all the peoples of the earth. What an exciting challenge. What an exciting destiny. What an exciting calling that God has given to us as the people of God and this church here today. Amen. Let me just pray. Father, I just pray for the church, Lord. As we look back over 38 years of your faithfulness, oh God, we, we, we live in the goodness of God. But Father, we know, oh God, that you regarded generations that what is happening, oh God, Father, and what has happened today, Lord, is, no, is not uh, more important than what is going to happen in the future. And so, oh God, we just pray, oh God, that you will come and touch our hearts and excite our, our hearts and instill faith in our hearts, oh God. Lord, that we will rise up and build on the foundation that you have given to us here today and that we will touch generations, we will touch nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit 
www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.